All right, all right, everyone. Places, places. It's time for How Did This Get Played? We have Nick and Heather and Matt are in the booth. Devin is on deck. And oh, dear, you've. Okay, uh, it seems like you're listening to the metadata here. Um, I don't know if you've downloaded the. Uh, maybe your file has been corrupted or something here. Um. Uh, yeah, can you hear from where you're listening? Can you hear any of the three of them? In no, you can't. You can't hear them. You can only hear me. Shake your head if you can only hear me. Yes. Okay, that's an affirmative. All right. I don't know how to get you onto the main feed here. Uh, can you try pressing pause? And then see when you press play again if it restarts the podcast from a place where you can hear the rest of the podcast. So let's try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on the count of three, press uh, one, two, three. Okay, I was hoping if I remained silent that maybe you could hear them in the background there. So, uh, okay. Yeah, here's what I'll do. Why don't I be very quiet and then you turn up the volume on your player to the maximum setting and then you might be able to pick up their their bleed through of the feed of the actual podcast through. So why don't you do that? Turn it on. I'll get very quiet. So, okay, so if you've done that, if you've actually done that, can you hear them now? So... No, no. That's a thing. I, I have no idea how to fix this. The game it's it's more like, how did this not get played, am I right? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the kind of comedy that, 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 that this experience ventures for. All right, well, I'm going to sit here and eat a sandwich for the next 70 minutes. And um, I guess you'll have to tune in next week when I believe these chaps are... Uh, re- uh, reviewing a, a universally acclaimed game. And I am, ag- again, sorry for this experience. You can blame Earwolf. Man, this is my favorite episode yet. <laughs> we survive a fourth wall breaking heist gone wrong and get berated by a narrator in free first-person adventure Dr. Langaskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist, this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and when I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream at the top of my lungs, How Did This Get Played? Eest video games of all time. Wow. That third W was courtesy of at the Dewey Meister. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Weiger along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell and I'm here with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. 
Edge. Excellent song. Excellent song. That was great. I'm, it was, a lot of I'm, fun. I'm really impressed. I was stirred by I that like rendition. When people, get, when people get creative with these. Yeah. What a treat. And hey, we got a treat of a game to discuss today. But before we do that. Oh. Oh boy. Okay. Opinions have already <laughs> diverged. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is good. This is good content. That's what we want. We want conflict. We thrive on conflict. <laughs> and before we get into that, before we get into a hellish debate over the merits of this title, <laughs> it is first time to go up to heaven by briefly touching on something in gaming that we are enjoying. It's another edition of 70 Seconds in Gaming Heaven. Matt, say when. Go for it. I thought I would talk about a book I just finished by past guest Jason Schreier, who is here to promote that very book, Press Reset, Ruin and Recovery in the Video Game Industry. Holding up my copy right here wow. on the camera as proof of life, if you will. <laughs> um, it's really good. I, I think anyone who is interested in the video game industry, the machinations of what actually you know uh, goes on, is and the labor involved and just honestly like the human toll of how you know i was gonna say laborious after just saying labor but honestly that's the way i would characterize it like how laborious it is to make a game and then the the thematically the thing that ties all these each of the chapters each of the divergent stories together in this game or these are all studios that closed. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what happened, it was just like a publisher. It was an EA or what have you just saying like, well, this game got released. We got nothing for you to do. This studio's closing. And then some people go on to do their own indie thing. Other people are absorbed by another studio. It, it's just a cycle that is yeah, unsustainable. Up. And you read it. And anyway, I would, I would, re I would really recommend it. And, uh, it's, you know, it's depressing, but it's also encouraging because you see like there are games like Enter the Gungeon, which are discussed in this game, which came out of the wreckage of another of a studio closure. There's there's a lot of those sorts of of things that happen. And also, I, I it kind of ends on the note of, you know, hopefully there is some activism within the labor side of things within the workforce and gaming to to organize and to unionize, because that seems like the you know, the 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 way forward. There's also just sort of like a, I, I, there's a lot of discussion of like, you know, a lot of work is already outsourced in games. Maybe there's something to, you know, like a, a house that just exists to provide programming support and they're just there and then they just, they're just basically effectively a contractor. They've got their own team that picks up work. And I, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm not doing a good job doing, doing the game justice or doing the book justice in terms of just how fascinating it is. But, you know, it talks about Bioshock Infinite, Epic yeah. Mickey, uh, Dead Space, all these games that were like, you know, either uh, revered or didn't quite turn out the way people liked. Uh, and then the what happened to the people who actually made these and, and how much of their lives they put into this. And some of them just fell out of the gaming industry entirely. Uh, it's 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 on my it's in my queue. Uh, to read, I, I, I really enjoyed, um, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, so I'm excited yes. to, um, previous book. Yeah, his other book, which is, uh, just as fascinating, and I can't, I can't wait to get into this one. Nick gave us a thumbs up. He's eating. I was eating my sandwich. <laughs> Didn't quite have enough time between records no. to eat a lunch, so I was trying to sneak in some bites as we were... And then I got, I got immediately called out. <laughs> a little, a little peek behind the curtain. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really, I really liked it, and I, I encourage people to check out Press Reset. Not just saying that because he's a friend of the show. No. Uh, and hey, speaking of stuff that's in the zeitgeist, the, speaking of gaming news, uh, I saw this. You know, you guys, are, we, we, we've talked about how the there's the HBO version of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's filming in Fort McLeod, Alberta right now. They're seeing that it's got a budget of like $10 million per, ep- per episode. Wow. Jesus um, but there's, fucking uh, shit. It's absurd. God damn. God it's absurd. damn. That's so much money. It's so much money. But the but Calgary oh, News had an God. article about this and about the local businesses that were being impacted by it. And I just thought there's this charming bit of color that I really liked. Uh Don's Barbershop, ready for its close-up. Don's Barbershop, which has been around for over 50 years, got to keep its name and appearance as being used as a location in the show. Owner and operator Don McLean is a big fan of the film industry coming to town and is happy for the cameo. Movies have always been good, I figure, said McLean. It gets people out and around and keeps them coming. I don't see anything wrong with them at all. And then here's a shot of this guy, this absolute king of a man. Look at this dude. That's Don from Don's Barbershop. Yeah, he rocks. He's doing great. God bless you, Don. Got his short sleeve on, his trucker hat, sunglasses. Got nothing, uh, uh, no problems with movies. And yeah, he, yeah, movies have always been good, according to him. And that, that's such a nice perspective. I, I, I wonder if the man knows that this is going to be a television show. Yeah, you fucking idiot. It's not a movie. No, I mean like. Like I do, I want, I'm, I'm a little worried <laughs> to be like, wait, this is on television. <laughs> like there's yeah. so much like, well, anyway. it's on HBO, which as we all know is actually not TV. So Great we can't, point, we can't really just, we don't know what it is. Right. It's not really a movie. It's not TV, but it is HBO. And we have to just what, kind of accept that. What is the budget for the Mandalorian? I don't know. Is it 15 million? Per no episode, idea. like 10 million per episode seems uh, it's staggering. Like a staggering amount of money. Uh, it's $12.5 million per episode. So The Last of Us is nearly Mandalorian scale. Like, that's, that's nuts. Wild. And you yeah. see everyone's face on that. It's true. What? On oh, The Mandalorian, boy. you got his face covered up. His choice. I don't. Uh, that's where the extra two point five million goes. It's yeah. the helmet. Yeah, people don't realize how expensive that is. That's that's CGI'd in there. His face, <laughs> like, it starts with his face, and then they were they digitally add a helmet. Um, I don't know. Like, I I I'm still a little bit skeptical about this series, but yeah, whatever. Fucking make it. Why not make whatever? Who cares? I mean, I'm gonna I'm a hundred percent gonna watch it. It has the music it has music by Gustavo Santo was it Santo 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 I'm not gonna take a swing Santo, at Santo Laya Santo <laughs> Laya Santo Oh man. Oh boy, I I I am I'm not just fumbling the ball. My pants are down, the stadium is booing me. <laughs> I, like somehow I'm 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 moving backwards away from the touchdown zone from the end yard lines and now i'm not even doing that right so they're now they're double booing (laughs) full disclosure i haven't said his name his last name out loud a lot because uh my girlfriend uh only refers to him as gustavo because she worked with him for a fucking year yes incredible um i'm looking at it 
And in my head, I have a thought about how it's pronounced, but I know that I'm not correct, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back off. I'm gonna back Centolalia, off. maybe? Oh, no. Is that double He's... L is that double L L a Y? The double L would be a Y. She and he also seems to fumble. <laughs> passes to Weiger and he popped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally gonna fucking watch it. Uh, like Neil Druckmann is involved in the scripting. It's the fucking dudes from Chernobyl. It's got a lot of money and the music. What? How? It's not gonna. It's not gonna be bad. It's just a question of like, well. Unless they're taking surprising turns in the story, who's which the story, all the beats of that story, I remember like nothing in the in the in the it'll be like a reenactment unless they take left turns to surprise an audience that's already completely well versed in what the story is. The one thing that I think we all know for certain, though, is that fans of The Last of Us absolutely love surprises and (laughs) they love that and they love when uh the story takes a sharp turn and they they absolutely they they eat that up they love it oh boy man take liberties please we beg you (laughs) deviate from the source material (laughs) wow um i guess the other thing that we we could touch on is you know, the the as of this record, I mean, it'll still be fucking going on once the episode releases, right? We're not releasing it that far in the future. The Olympics. No, yes. Final Fantasy music in the Olympics. How about that? The opening ceremony. Maybe I, the one redeeming thing about this fucking <laughs> thing that should not be happening. This clusterfuck. <laughs> this not cash grab by the Craven. Kingdom Hearts. Near. Like, <laughs> it was I so much. Yeah. Dragon yeah. Quest. So much. <laughs> I don't, there's, as far as I can tell, there's no way to watch, like, to watch the, what is it, the Parade of Nations online. I went on YouTube to, like, oh, cool, I want to see people come out to Dragon Quest. Yeah. And, you know, all that shit's been DCMA'd or whatever. Yeah. Like, you can't watch. So, all I've heard is people talk about it. I saw some of it, like, I just happened to catch some of the opening ceremony, like, on TV. And when I turned it on, it was in the middle of the Olympus Coliseum song from Kingdom Hearts. And it was just such a shocking, because I've been playing so much Kingdom Hearts that I I really thought that my brain was like folding in on itself. I was like, well, this can't be right. Uh, And it was truly like very, very exciting. But also, I mean, I, I agree that the Olympics shouldn't be happening, but this year they went straight for Let's pander straight to Matt Apodaca by adding video game music to the opening ceremony and skateboarding to the event. Like they that's just textbook pandering. It, 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 they they did a great job. I, I but I haven't yeah I haven't watched any of it though. Is this the first skateboarding year? Yeah, yes. I know that Tony wow. Hawk had for years been campaigning to get it in, and now he's like too old to compete because like the people that are competing and like winning what I understand are these 13 year old girls like that are just destroying everyone, which fucking rocks. Um, and like, let me Google 13 year old girls real quick. No, <laughs> okay, well, no, Nick, don't oh, do it. Oh no. The link is purple. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's such an exciting, it's a, it's cool that it like I was talking to my grandma yesterday about it and she was just like, I don't think that should be in the Olympics. 
And I was like, what are you talking I about? I love that. I was like, you don't uh, know. Love a, love a fuddy-duddy grandma. That's great. <laughs> I was like, why? She didn't have a good reason, which is like, of course. Uh, yeah. But it, it was but it was sweet. She was like, I just think it should be like, I, I did say to her, I was like, oh, so it should just be jumping over poles? Like, that's the only thing that is allowed to be an <laughs> Olympic event? That's less stupid. Yeah. <laughs> As of this record, there is a typhoon headed to Tokyo. Wow. Yeah, it's a f- and all the beds are cardboard. All of it sucks. Like it, the whole thing is sucks. stupid. Fucking awful. The, a couple of years ago, when all the pipes burst and there was shit everywhere. Yeah. Good. Like I mean, it's ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. The Olympics are awful. The IOC is horrible, but Olympians are cool. So it's like always yes. that thing of like, well, I want people to succeed. Hey, you're the best javelin shower. That's the thrower that that rules. Hey, how about good for you? You know, like I would, the, you want these people to have a platform to succeed and hopefully make a little bit of money. But yeah, the whole of fucking event. It's just so such a fucking bummer. They should just be able it. to tell you. Hey, I'm actually really good at this thing. And I'd be like, ah, great. I love that. Here, can we make you? Uh, famous can we put you on a cereal box is that will that help the idea of an international competition where all the nations of the world put aside any existing treaties and you know uh, uh ongoing conflicts and are just like let's get together and let's all fucking try uh, uh, compete against each other in field hockey and see how that goes like the yeah. idea of that is great it's just that when you introduce global capitalism into it and it just becomes like let's just figure out how we can sell as much tv time as possible and sell as much advertising as possible make as much it's it's the same shit as the ncaa it's just like let's when you when you introduce it into it being a cash grab as opposed to let's have this be this international athletics uh, amateur athletics competition I don't know, man. It, it fucking bums me out. I hate. I fucking hate it. it here's my pitch to fix it. We yeah. eliminate all wars and all military, and every sort of global conflict is so, is solved through a, a sporting event of some kind. And if you lose, like, oh, sorry. Well, you got to sort of have to follow the, our rules now. And it's Matt, like, okay. you just backed into the premise of the sci-fi classic Rollerball. Oh, I, did I? <laughs> Unfortunately, what happens in rollerball is that corruption, of course, leads to cheating. Uh, yeah, of yeah. course they would find a There's way. There's too to much money at stake. Everyone would be fucking cheating. Ah, well, wars it is then. I, I don't. What? <laughs> it's a better system. I have a I have a weird anecdote to share about the Olympics. I guess yeah. sort of, which is that when I was in high school, I was an extraordinary long jumper. Uh, like super naturally talented at it uh, and had full ride sports scholarships at Butler and FSU and all for my ability to long jump. Yeah. Where without training, I was jumping 18 and a half feet because I loved it. And I would wear Sonic the Hedgehog socks and run as fast as I could and leap like Uh I was in a video game. Yeah. And like all of these uh, schools, uh, scouted me and they were like, you have a future in long jump and we would love to pay you to come to our school. And then I had a conversation with my parents about it. And I was like, so what's the end game here? Like yeah. I do the Olympics right. at best, at best I do the Olympics and jump three times. And then my career and life are over yeah. because I've spent my entire life from the moment I found out I was good at a thing to the moment of its execution, doing 
a jump and then right. nothing. There's no career path. And that's one of the things that's crazy about the Olympics is it's like you see these people peak, like peak ability. Yeah. And you're like, this is it. I'm not only watching your triumph, I'm watching the beginning of your descent. Yeah, There's sure. nothing after this for so many of these people. It's not like, it's not like for fucking pole vaulting that there's like a, a, you know, a circuit. Like you could go, you could skateboard outside of the Olympics and it would be awesome and you could yes. make money. But for so many of those sports, it's like just the, the dead end of your life. Yeah. It happens on camera and people cheer. And then you're like, well, I'm going to go into real estate, I guess. Yeah. My, my, my takeaway from this anecdote is that it's delightful that you've always been this way. Yes. <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you've always thought how you've always thought. Or like, what's the end goal here? Being a little kid and being like, what, what am, what am I going to do after that? That's great. I yeah. love it. In conclusion, Heather is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the socks helped you? The Sonic socks. Oh, question, for sure. Matt. Psychologically, they definitely did. They absolutely did. I would watch episodes of the animated Sonic the Hedgehog show uh-huh. on the mornings of the track meets. Yes. I would put on my Sonic socks and I would go jump. <laughs> <laughs> In that order. And that's that was my like weekend. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh man, I I I I really like to jump. Also, what a, I mean, like, of all of them also, I mean, I know there's all this technique and skill and shit that you can add yeah. to it, but I was just like, I really like to jump. Like, that's <laughs> right. it. So like, what's it your wasn't thing? like jump. <laughs> it's not even triple jump or yeah. like hurdles. No. It's just one jump. <laughs> did you ever, in, in like a track and field game or anything, did, like a video game, did you ever play long jump? And did you ever like enjoy that? No. What? Mm. No. Because <laughs> a lot of like pro like NBA players like love to play, you know, NBA 2K or, or but, NFL players play like Madden. Right. But 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 those are games that ha- like long jump is usually represented in these games as like you press B a lot and then you press A and then yeah. you press A one more time when you land. Right. And that's like it. And also, that's a fairly accurate representation of what it is to do jumping. (laughs) I'm like picturing you do it, but like you said, like unnaturally long jumps. So I'm just picturing you getting off the ground and never stopping. Just like, (laughs) yeah. I'm picturing a Luigi and Super Mario Brothers 2 style leg flutter that's going on in the air. You can't put that on Heather. She doesn't like Luigi, Nick. (laughs) I wonder if doing a flip would get your your legs farther. Like, I wonder if anybody has tried like running, jumping and then like torquing your body around itself to throw yourself farther forward. Or if the physics on that art won't work. Only one way to find out. Let's all try it. Yeah, let me, let me try it real <laughs> quick. to die. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the Zoom running and, you know, we'll, we'll capture our, our neck snapping. I guess if that was the case, then parkour guys would be like jumping from roof to roof by adding a flip. And they're not. Right. They're just jumping straight. Yes. Yeah, yes. they can't. They can't. And when they do add a flourish of some kind, 
it's always the scariest thing because they're just like, well, how did they account for yeah. landing that right way? Ugh. They're, they're just trying to impress people. Mm. It's like, I don't need it. They have a death wish, these guys. <laughs> they're twisted. Has anyone messed around with Dying Light? It's like the parkour zombie game. No. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, it's just okay. like you're just running from zombies <laughs> and you're doing parkour. That's, oh, that's it. I don't know good. if either of you had played it. I'd be like, we could talk about that. No. But you haven't. So here we are. And that's not what we're talking about today. That's not what we're feel- talking about, Matt. <laughs> I feel like there's a general like hesitation to get into the game today because of the game itself, which is short. It's a short game. It's yes. nothing like the game we're covering next week. It's right. a t- it's a short game. Uh, and that game is Dr. Langoskoff, the tiger and the terribly cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist, which was developed by Crows, 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 a studio created by William P- Pew Pew, I think. Yeah, Pew, uh, who was who's known uh, for a game that he developed that we've also covered on this show, the Stanley Parable. It was released in 2015. Other games from 2015 include Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, Bloodborne, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and the Japanese release of Yakuza 0. Wow. Um, there, so, what, what, any, any discussion of this game will completely spoil the game from the moment we start talking about it. Yeah. Right. If you haven't played the game, Dr. Langoskoff, the tiger, and the terribly cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist, and you want to play a 20-minute game, then you should stop stop playing the audio of what we're doing and then just immediately start <laughs> playing that game and then turn it back on 20 minutes later because it's it's ruined from the what we're going to say. Just that's your spoiler warning. Yes, if you wa- if you watch any of the teasers or anything, any of the trailers, and we didn't really know this going in because we didn't know anything about the game. But if you watch them, they're kind of setting it up like there's something else. And a lot of the reviews even are a little bit um, dance around what the topic of the game is or what the actual premise of the game is and are just kind of like leaning into, uh, you know, the uh, the fake out of it. Because it is kind of just like a like a big joke. But I will say. To its credit. It is free. And that is like, it's a short free game, which God bless you. Give us more of those. Um, and, you know, like Heather said, you can get through it in 20 minutes. Uh, you can you can do one run in 20 minutes. If you want to do subsequent runs, you can maybe discover some more stuff. But it kind of is this, this little sort of self-contained little, you know, again, interactive joke. But let me go ahead and, and read the, uh, the about this game on, the, on its Steam page, uh, because this will kind of... I think this will kind of cue what we're what we're in for. It's the hottest summer on record, and all across Europe, valuable objects are disappearing. Museum curators unlock cabinets and find precious artifacts stolen. Wealthy mansion owners wake up to see their priceless paintings have vanished from the walls. One thing's clear. A master thief is touring the continent, and the police are left scratching their heads. In this 15-minute game by Crows, 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 a team led by William Pugh, the Stanley Parable, slip into the soft-soled shoes of the mastermind responsible... Silently cross the darkened lawn of the mansion, hold tight to the tranquilizer gun in your pocket, and commit the most audacious heists, and then it's cut off, mid-sentence, continues on. 
oh god, I can't do this anymore. I'm joining the strike. I didn't want to. I honestly didn't want to, but it's gone too far. I'm supposed to be writing the Steam store description, and that's it. That's my job. But because of the understaffing, I've been told I need to work in the lighting department, and it's only a matter of time before I'm reassigned to wildlife preparation. And everybody knows that working for wildlife preparation is mostly about trying very hard not to be eaten by the tiger. So that's it. I'm joining the picket. If they want somebody else to finish the description, that's their problem. I'm out. Tina. So yeah, again, I would say if anyone, if you want to play this, or if you don't want to play it, but you want to see what you, what's going on exactly, you can probably you can find a playthrough pretty easily on YouTube. It's not too long, and you get a sense for what's into in store for you. But I think we just need to get into it and start talking about it. So here we go. Here's the here now entering spoiler country. Buckle <laughs> up. <laughs> Fasten those seatbelts. You may get spoiled. Uh, yeah, you might if you're worried about getting spoiled. You might want to hop in the fridge. I'm a good little boy. I like being spoiled rotten. Oh, you fucking rich kid. Piece of shit. <laughs> Had everything handed to you. I guess you could consider me spoiled because despite the quality of this game, I sure didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> also, full disclosure... Uh, some of the voices in this game are provided by Justin Roiland, a yes. man for whom I work. <laughs> yes. So I was trying to figure, so, so Simon Amstel is the voice of the narrator. And I think even if you dislike this game, I think the voice acting is really good. And I yeah, think sure. the, and the, the Simon Amstel is a British comedian who I'm not familiar with, but is apparently vo- very well regarded. And I think is great in this and, and elevates the script so much. And I think is so funny. And so, you know, just like completely on point and with what this, what this performance needs. And then, yeah, Royland, you mentioned, I think it is there. The there's tapes, a, the there's a tape cassette. recorder you unlock yeah. in your subsequent playthrough. Yeah. Like yeah. Second playthrough. Um, so yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, I think the game begins and you're like, Oh, this is clever. And that's, for me, as heightened as my emotions became during my playthrough, (laughs) which was, so the game, you know, is advertised as a heist game. But when you enter the game, a voice starts, uh, a voiceover tells you that another person is playing the game currently. And so you have been locked out of the game in sort of the background of the set uh, for the game, as if the game is an interactive puzzle room in a real world space or like right. even a, what do you fucking escape room almost like an escape room experience that you're on the outside of listening to another person play through their version of the fucking heist game. So you're initially you're like, huh? Wow. It's like the point in um, portal where you portal out of the last puzzle and then you spend the the, the next part of the game in the, background area of the portal game itself. Okay, cool. But because I've already seen that in a game, I was waiting for another thing. And I'm complaining about Mm. a free game that only takes 20 minutes. I was like, oh shit, it's the Stanley parable guy. Something crazy is about to happen. Nothing happens. You, Mm. You go from location to location. It is absolutely linear. There is nothing you can change. And then it ends... And that's the game. It's a it's a single player joke. So, yeah, you, you start and, and as Heather mentioned, so that like you, you the game glitches pretty much right away and you step out of you see like you're like literally see the menu screen 
um, the shell that you were looking at, like you see as like a big in-game, you know, object that's sitting there and you're, you just step outside of it. And so you're looking at this big, like wall-sized menu screen, and then you're just sort of walking around the ball backstage area, which feels like a theater backstage, which also I think is, you know, there's another element to this that I, this game that I really liked, which was the sound design in particular, uh, there's like some, you know, there's like an orchestra pit that you can hear warming up and about to to cue into and playing some key cues, which I think is really nice. But it feels like you're the backstage of a theater, you're like the backstage of like a big Broadway production or something like that. And then, yeah, you're just sort of wandering through step by step. You start to get clues. Like I mentioned, the the strike was mentioned in the Steam store uh, about this. And you start to get uh, like you start to very quickly you are cued that there is a labor shortage because there is some sort of dispute between the people who worked on this, the production of this game and, uh, you know, the 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 narrator. And so they're understaffed. And so you most of the gameplay interaction is you as the player uh, who is waiting in line for your turn. Uh, helping to cue the effects for the guy who is for the person who is currently playing the game. So it's like we need to have a weather effect here. So you have to go there and and pull a lever so that the thunder starts uh, starts uh, playing. Yeah. (laughs) And if that sounds interesting, look, I think if I was funnier (laughs) as a person, I could just rag on this game in a way that other people would be like, that's right. I fucking hate it. But because my tone is abrasive as a general human being, me complaining about the game will only make people hate me for hating the game. So mm. what I want to say is, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she ran away. No, no, wait, 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 wait. That's not what I, I, I just, I, I, what? Go ahead, Oppa.com. I was going to say, I mean, because I, if I'm remembering correctly, I enjoyed the Stanley Parable as a concept. And oh, I, was, I liked it a lot. And I was thinking, Nick's drinking a spindrift now. Um, I... <laughs> Stop fucking calling me out. <laughs> uh, playing this, I was sort of expecting something a little more like that. Like, and I guess what I mean by that is I played I played through it and I went through all the areas and like I kind of just started doing whatever I wanted thinking, right. oh, shoot, I should sort of do play it like how the game wants me to play it first thinking I would get a different result. So I played through it however I wanted the first time through. Then I played through it a second time, started getting those tapes and stuff, and I was like, okay, well, this yeah. is now, I'm deviating from what the game wants me wants me to do, sort of. Third playthrough, I'll play it straight. Each time I played it, I was like, oh, I got the same thing. And there is only one, there is, it's, there's only one way to play it, really, because there's only one story and one and one solution. Yeah, the 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 Wikipedia for this game writes, uh, Dr. Langeskoff is an exploration game played from the first person perspective where the player has some limited interaction with the environment, but otherwise no major gameplay. Yeah. And if that's the way the article like breaks it down or that, you know, the general crowdsourced deconstruction of what this game is breaks it down, then then I. What, Nick? What? You're smiling so big. Like, no, you, you I look just like you're I, like, oh, I'm like a big peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm just eating it. It was first <laughs> off, it was a cheese and mayonnaise sandwich. Um, but second off, it's a guy, you don't have time to grill up a grilled cheese. It's just a classic. Some, 
Yeah, so there's some mayo on the inside and have some uh, have yourself a cold cheese. Slathers have gone a, a bit cl- far, but yeah, I, I, cold I, I get what you're talking about. Cheese and mayonnaise sandwich? This yeah. is a fine sandwich for a person to eat. <laughs> yeah, maybe not for uh, a, a grown ass man, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> uh, a, it's definitely a sandwich, is what I'll Unbelievable. say. Unbelievable. That's insane. That is insane. No. I've never, I've, I've lived a life and I've never heard of a human cold cheese. Cold mayonnaise, untoasted bread. Eat it. Yeah. It was also white bread, but I will. I, I will say <laughs> that looking at watching Nick eat it, I knew exactly what it was. Upon sight, on, he didn't even have to say, and I was immediately like, "Fuck, I want that." Because I used to eat that when I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I was smiling because I was like, I, I do get what you're saying. I fully get what you're saying, but I feel like every criticism of this game has to be filtered through the reality that it's free. And it's just like, it's like a free little, I, I mean, like if they, okay, here, here's, here's where I was, here's where I wanted to go with this. So a few weeks back, we ta- we did t- uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion, which yes. I liked overall, but which is fourteen ninety nine full price right. and has more to it gameplay wise. You know, it's it's more like a more like a three hour game versus this one being like you could maybe spend a half hour, forty minutes max in it and see everything. But like, if this game cost, you know, if this game cost even five dollars, I feel like I'd be a lot more down on it than I sure. am. But as a yes. free, just sort of like, hey, this is here's a here's a thing, fuck around with this if you like it, uh, great. Like, I'm just like, this is this is such a fun like little free experience that I feel like I don't know. I, like, I found I found myself smiling as I was playing it, and I I, I, I and I enjoyed the conceit of it. I enjoyed the kind of, of the overall joke. I enjoyed some individual uh, jokes within it, and then I also just thought it was like cleverly constructed. But to Matt's point about uh, contrasting this with the Stanley Parable, I fully I will say that that was the thing that disappointed me is that I do wish there were more even even just the the matter of so Stanley Parable it's like the narrator is saying what your character is doing the narrator isn't directly interacting with you he's indirectly act, uh, interacting with the player character so it'll be like you know it, uh, and if you listen to the episode or played it you know how it works but it'll be like Stanley walked up to two doors and took the door on his right but you as the pl- you as uh, the player can choose to go in the door on the left and the narrator will adapt as a result to you being defiant of the narration here it's like I wish there was just more of like, hey, I decided to wiggle this door handle instead of the one you told me to. I wish you would just like scold me for doing that. Mm-hmm. But there's just like a minimal amount of that. There's just not as much as I would have liked. It's not as comprehensive with those different, you know, decision points as I'd like it to be. Here's here's for me. Look, it's an enormous amount of work has been put into this thing that was given away for free. And yeah. if you walk past like a fucking free street performance and somebody's really good at what they're doing. You're like, wow, f- fuck. I'm, I mean, I would even give money to this person because of how good they are at this thing. I, I, I think my frustration is that there are no turns in this story after the first one. If you're mm-hmm. telling a story, there has to be something else that happens. It can't just be, whoops, you're in the background of a video game. And that's the, that's the end. Like, it, like there should, I, 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 there was nothing, there wasn't a story told. 
You know, it was like, flip that switch, do that thing, uh, escape that, you know, turn, press those buttons in that order. You're not doing it right. It's not working. Yes. Uh-oh. But like, there was no reveal. There was no like, I mean, the ending is is sort of obvious from the get-go. Like, you're like, okay, then I'm going to probably end up inside the game or whatever. But like, there's not... No character revelation, no personal revelation, no effect that you can have on the environment and no story being told other than the premise of the joke. I mean, you could like yeah. you can say that there's a meta narrative because everybody has quit their job and, and there's like a sort of video game development sucks as a career. Sure. And all yes. these people are like frustrated and they want to leave. But that's detail in an environment. It's not a story. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I agree with you uh, on that point that it doesn't really like have another turn. It's more of a sketch than a story. You know, it's like kind of like, here's the premise. What else would what else is going on if this premise is a given? And so there's things like, you know. Uh, uh, you, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of forms that have been filled out by people who've been in focus groups about the game. And so you'll find those in the environment. So it'll be things like, you know, did you experience any any issues in vehicular combat? If so, what brand of grappling hook were you using? Um, you know, it'll have like questions that will have people's responses to those. Like, I don't know. It's kind of fun stuff to find in the environment. Uh, oh, so here's one that 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 is like kind of comments on. This is kind of has like a meta comment on the game itself, which is like, Sends off sort of a clever, sort of quote unquote clever, you don't know Jack 90s vibes, self-absorbed, narcissistic drivel about game, about some heist uh, designer's second album, Depression. Um, so like, I don't know. I like, I like some of the stuff like this. Here's another. Is there anything else you would like to tell us? Too linear, hates its audience and everyone underlined. So I, I yeah. yeah, it is just kind of more about exploring and finding stuff and then just sort of like like acting out all the different beats of this interactive sketch, I guess you'd call it. So I mean, it's we keep saying exploration, and that's what this the genre of this game is, is is it's an exploration game. But a point of frustration for me while playing it is that you can't explore everything. Like there's sure. there's some things you can't there's that office. It's like backstage. I can't remember exactly what it says on it now, but um, it's it's basically like it's back there, and that's a, that's one door you can't open. There are some doors that are just locked in perpetuity and that you can never see inside of. And like right. in the beginning of the game, there is a door that presumably leads to the front lobby. Then that door is also locked. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, if if the game is an exploration game and I can do I can do anything that I want, I should be able to open that fucking door. Like that I, that if you're going to put a door in there, if you're going to put something in there that I can interact with, it should do something, I think. Right, but yeah. I mean like part but I I and I totally get what you're saying, but yeah. I'm but part of that is like for some of them it is a joke of like here's the entrance to, you know, yeah. uh uh, here's the here's the high concept miscellaneous uh, interactions room. You know, yes. here's this this big thing, and then the joke is that I'm not going to be allowed allowed in there. It's kind of like theming on a ride because it is yes. basically a ride. It's just sort of like you're on tra- you're on a track and you go through it. If you're doing the t- you're doing a Toontown ride, you might see like a 
whatever. Here's uh, all the trampolines are behind this door. Uh, but I, on my on the Toontown coaster, but I'm not going to get to go beyond, behind that door because that's just meant to, you know, sort of fill yeah. out the environment. That's you just hear a bunch of, a, of boings and people having fun, exactly. but you can't yeah. go in. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe that's so a bad example because if I was a little boy, I'd be upset about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick's like, okay, well, I know what's going on in there and I don't want any part of it. I want a cheese sandwich. <laughs> 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 describing it as a ride really does make it more palatable for me. Right. Uh, like if I think of it as Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, then it's like, oh, yeah, OK, you're going from room to room and you they, just, they yo-ho, yo-ho, and then you're done. And right. that's it. And unlike Pirates of the Caribbean, it doesn't cost $180 to ride this ride like it's. Yeah. Here's a here's a little ride, which in a phrase made me reconsider it in more positive terms. Wow. Like it is an it is a sort of minorly interactive ride. It's like the fucking Toy Story ride where you can fire guns at the screen or whatever, but otherwise it's on a locked trail and you go through the th- what are you grinning about now Weiger what the, you were just you made me the toy story ride so I've got this I, I have this alpha older brother Nate and he'll he'll always just like fucking alpha me with shit where he'll just be like he's a great dude but he'll be like you know you played hollow Knight yet it's like oh yeah I played a bit of it I couldn't get into it he's like oh I hundred percented it people said it was hard but I thought it was pretty easy like he'll <laughs> like he's always doing shit like that he sounds awesome but he's yeah, he's he he rules. But anyway, so so uh, the the thing you're talking about, the Toy Story Astro Blasters. Uh-huh. My brother just texted me one day, like this is like eight years ago or something. He's just like, "Hey, I'm at the top of the leaderboard of of Astro Blasters. I found this one spot where I could like hit like a million point target, like." 40 times in a row just from the perfect angle (laughs) and he just like figured out how to cheese this thing um which is not something that i don't have that instinct no but yes it is like it is like a buzz Lightyear's astro blasters yes you're on rails you're going through you're shooting at things and you're choosing what to click and seeing how that interacts you know you shoot this this target that's above this ufo and the ufo starts spinning it's that sort of shit and but I don't know. I just I still found it. I, I still found that fun enough on those terms. Yeah. Like like uh, like accepting your your both of your criticisms as criticisms. And I and I'll say that I'm critiquing it. I feel like harder than I intend to. I I will say that I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time playing with it. But I, you know, in, in the thought experiment of like what this is, you know, and with the with the context of his other game, the Stanley Parable. Like, in the Stanley Parable, which is the game that we're not reviewing, so it is moot to a certain degree, but if you, if in the Stanley Parable, if there was a switch that said lasers, that would pay off in some actual way more than just the joke of it. Sure. Like, it is, there is a joke where you, there's a switch that says lasers in, in Dr. Langeskov where the, the narrator chastises you for blindly flipping a switch that says lasers and not knowing what it was for. And that is funny. I laughed and I enjoyed that, but just show me a laser. Just show me one. (laughs) 
wish the second playthrough of this game had been that you see the menu screen and then you pull out and you're looking at a computer monitor of a person who is interacting with the game the way you just have and you play a third person who's sitting at a computer playing the game and the voiceover (laughs) is just like, it's like a roommate or something being like, oh yeah, no, this game is like, it's like you're it's like it's like you're you're pretending to be in the game, but you're like on the outside of the game or something. <laughs> right. And that's the whole second playthrough of the game. Um, let's say a little taste of the narration just so just so people know exactly what we're we're dealing with here. So this is like from the first part of the game. Okay, one second. Can we get a precise location on the player, please? There's two of them. Right. Okay. Hi. So this is this is so this is a bit um this is a bit awkward i think it's probably best if we're just really honest with each other it's uh, it, yeah it's 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 a bit awkward um the thing is the game you've just downloaded somebody is playing it right now so you can't you can't <laughs> you can't you can't play it i'm i'm really sorry yeah this is uh yeah this is quite inconvenient i don't know i don't know why this keeps happening so yeah, that kind of just uh, yeah. uh, that kind of tone is running throughout. Um, I I don't know. I guess like you'll like uh, I I guess you'll respond to this or you won't. Uh, you'll like the joke and will think it's worth your time or you won't. But either way, the price for entry is like zero dollars. You yeah. can just install it. <laughs> it's our favorite amount. Mess around it's with great. it. Yeah, anything free is good. Um, and not just like free on Game Pass or free on PlayStation Plus or whatever. Like it's just free. It came out as a free game. It's yeah. freeware. Oh, here's here's the thing. Look, th- if yeah, it's free. But imagine you go up to somebody on the street and they're like, "Would you like a free pepperoni?" And you're like, "Oh." Of course I would. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they give you a one free pepperoni. And they're like, would you like another free pepperoni? And you're like, sure. And they give you another pepperoni. They do that for 20 minutes straight. You're eventually going to be like, okay, so this is just the pepperoni guy. He gives free pepperoni. Yeah. Like there's no there's no um, p- point at which he's like, how about a pizza? Like he's just going to be like, that's what this is. It yeah. is free. It is pepperoni. But it's only pepperoni. There's nothing else you're going to get. What you don't understand about me is that I would make the pepperoni guy my best friend in the world. <laughs> I don't know if I'm accepting loose meat from a stranger. If it's pepperoni, <laughs> I'm doing yeah. it. No thanks, man. <laughs> He's just reaching into his pocket every time and pulling out a single <laughs> like, right, Hey, wait a second. That's got dust on it, my man. Um, but, you know, it was, I guess to circle back to the the voice acting it's so naturalistic and so fun that it that to me makes the whole thing worth it in my mind. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's, the packaging is a little like twee or whatever, but it is sort of just like that. The way that what's his name, Simon? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Uh, he the way he he performs it is so Simon like, Amstel. Simon Amstel. The way he, the way he performs it is so excellent and so like naturalistic that it it doesn't feel like it's a scripted thing. It feels like what the game is trying to do is that this experience is happening to you. So it feels like somebody is telling you this. Like, yeah. and I like, I just, you buy it. Like I just, everything that he said to me the whole time, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess this is what's happening right now, but I'm not. And I guess I wasn't upset because, uh, he, he sounded like a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, hey, I guess we should get to our final thoughts on this game. Dr. Langaskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald, a whirlwind heist. It's time for our review crew. Review crew. Um, there's a lot of so we mentioned that that we'll each say something positive about this game and give it a numerical decimal rating. I really enjoyed it. I love. I like that. I mean, it's free. Uh, but there's a bunch of protest signs. You'll just like kind of find like signboards that people have left because they were like, you know, picketing the game before they walked out. The the people who who made it and who previously were in the role that you're you are shepherded into to to acting out, which is helping the other player facility, the other players play through. But like there's a bunch of signs and one of the signs are, I liked it's it is the fundamental right of the working classes not to be eaten by a tiger, which I think is just kind of like that's the game's <laughs> tone. If you like that, you'll maybe like this game. If you thought that was a groaner, then yeah, maybe you're not into it. But I overall, I overall enjoyed it. And again, the price is right. It's free. It's zero dollars. I'll give this an eight point uh, Heather, what do you think? Mm, well, thinking of it as a ride definitely improves my overall impression of the game itself, which is not a game. It's just an interactive ride, and that's kind of nice. Okay, I'm I'm on the. <laughs> It's a small world, okay? I don't I don't need something to happen other than them singing and then I get off the ride, right? Yeah. Um maybe the only thing is that the previous ride at the park was like 5 hours long and made you question the existence of rides. And then to go from that to a to a, a regular ride, you're like, oh, okay, weird de-heightening, de-escalation. <laughs> um, what did I like? I really like the sound of dial tones. Uh, and there's a big phone on the wall that you press a bunch of buttons and you're told to press them in a specific order. And I thought that was fun when the guy is just like, okay, four, six, two, two, eight, one, four, four, one. And you're just trying to keep up thinking it will do something. It doesn't. Yeah. But it's, it was nice. I like, I thought that was fun. I like that part where you're pressing buttons. Cause uh, like a Bioshock narrator <laughs> yeah. is telling you how to play a video game. But then also the interactivity of the phones ringing, you have to, you're instructed several times to pick up the phone, but you, yeah physically cannot do that with the interactivity you're allowed in the game. So you, the animation is the phone picking up and immediately hanging up. And so the, yes. the, the narrator's yeah. like, why did you do that? It's so, yeah. so funny. Good, yeah. good couple of jokes there. Um, as a game, I give this a two as a ride. I give it a 6.5. There you go. Okay. Average those out. And well, no, no, whatever. don't average them. Get 6.5. Add the two together. With what? Divide by two. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait till my score gets in here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Matt. I, I mean, I had a good time playing it. I had my criticisms of it. I'll say that my positive thing, uh, honestly, I thought those, those tapes that you find that are voiced by uh, Justin Roiland are hilarious. Mm-hmm. They're really, really funny and are a rewarding aspect of playing through it a second time because like you play they're not you're not able you're able to see where they are 
in the first playthrough, but you can't interact with them because you don't have the tape recorder. So in the second playthrough, you get a tape recorder in one of the rooms, and then you're able to pick up the tapes. And so you're able to play the tapes throughout the, the map of it, and they're, they're, they're very funny. And I, it made it an interesting way to play through it again, even though they don't really add anything to, like, they're just nonsense. They're, just, they're super funny, just nonsense stuff. But um, it doesn't change the way you play the game at all. You just go right. through the game the same way and, you know, it's whatever. But picking up those tapes was an extra fun incentive to play through it a second time. Um, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I did. I played through it three times, so I spent about an hour with it, and I'll, I'll probably never think about it again. But I'll give it a. <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll give it a. I'll give it a seven point five. Wow! 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 Very uh, good score, Matt. And uh, hey, we're kind of all over the place here, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews that we've gathered from the internet, like hunter-gatherers of reviews. Mm. If we thought that we had a positive experience with this game, these will be negative reviews. And if we had a negative experience, they'll be positive reviews. But if it was a mixed experience, who knows what will come out of this grab bag? It's maybe we were wrong. I have a review from the Steam store. Here we go. It's a positive review. Exciting heist game. There are multiple approaches to entering the mansion. In my playthrough, I choose the roof. Taking down the snipers with a tranquilizer gun was fun, at least until the chimney I was climbing collapsed. Not sure if that was scripted or a trap. It brought me right to a garden level where there was a cool chase sequence involving the tiger. After that, it was back in the mansion, onto the vault. The patrolling guard's narrative was amusing with a couple of in-jokes, although their AI needs a little work. I crouched right by one and they didn't see me. Game has good weather effects, which actually distracted them so I could get to the elevator leading down. Some weird dialogue in the elevator made me think I was missing something. But anyway, after that, it was straight to the vault and the emerald. The game seemed to glitch a little on picking up the emerald, but I guess that's why it's free. All in all, a good game experience. Uh, that is exactly the narrative of the game that yes. you are supposed to be controlling, which... I mean, kudos to this human being. This is from Herb Kaiser uh, on the Steam store for yeah. for keeping up appearances for this not heist heist game. The the community for this game is very much on the joke and on the joke. The one one that I pulled is like is that same sort of tone. Uh, this is uh, Temi Nako on the Steam store. Um, I only found the regular emerald, not the terribly cursed one. Does this mean I have to start a new file? Thanks. <laughs> and then Hamako replied, "No, don't worry about it. You can do a swap later on when you're passing through the library on your way to the boathouse." Uh, so like I think yeah, if you're if you're, I kind of like the 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 you know the all the jokes that have cropped up around this game just sort of like having fun with with the premise assuming the premise was real uh i i enjoyed all that also i'll say that the elevator sequence that was referenced there like so that's like a fun moment in the game where like you're you're at the elevator and you have to make you have to work the elevator while the player who is playing the game is uh is in it and descending and that's the thing it's like hey this is the closest you're going to be to that player 
Uh, so, you know, like you have to probably you have to be very quiet or else they'll hear you and they'll know something else is going on. I don't know. It was very much like, oh, I'm working a shift in a haunted house, that sort of feeling. Um, I've got a I've got one from uh, this is from ZBS in the Steam store. I remember playing this and not hating it. So there you go. <laughs> and also five Mer- Mercury uh, on the Steam store recommended. This game has a terrible name. But I really enjoyed it once I finally played it after realizing it wasn't a huge time sink. I love British accents, so that might be part of what I liked. Don't expect to be blown away, but I had a very enjoyable time playing. Tiger. Sure. They, they end with tiger. All caps, exclamation point. Tiger. Probably a Sagat thing, yeah. Tiger. Oh, that's probably what it is. Uh, by the way, there's another one I found in the Steam store. Um, this is by Feltopa. Recommended 1.9 hours on record. Full text of the review. Heather and Matt are cool. No way. A listener slithered their way into the Steam store. That can't really? be true. Is that true? It's true. Jesus. They must have seen. They mu- that must be a new review. They must have seen that we were doing it. And they snuck it in. They, hopefully that hoping that we would find it for this very and segment. We did. And we did. So there you go. Baby gets his bottle. <laughs> Baby gets his cheese sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how busted Weiger's balls just felt when he was scrolling through the store and saw Heather and Matt are cool. (laughs) Just like, oh, oh, man. (laughs) Can't escape it. Uh, Do you have any more, Heather? Well, the truth is that uh, I was scrolling through for negative ones because I kind of felt... Uh, both negative and positive about this game as we did our uh, our little review of it. Uh, and I found one that echoed my point of view on it so much that I feel almost like it read my mind. Wow. So should I share that? Yes, please. I really do wish, this is from Chris Traeger is the uh, account name. <laughs> I really do wish I could feel the same love for games like this and the Stanley Parable that everyone else has, but I just don't. They feel fixated on demonstrating how clever they are, but they only manage to mimic with less panache and skill the behind the scenes humor that Valve put on display in Portal 1. Fortunately, this game is much shorter than TSP, but I still felt annoyed during every moment of it. Maybe I'm not losing myself in the moment properly, but isn't that the job of the storyteller to get me to suspend my disbelief? Maybe I'm not appreciating the metatextual asymmetrical narrative elements or something, but I spent years in grad school studying that stuff, and to this day, I'm convinced that the lot is 5% intriguing commentary and 95% bollocks. In any case, I think this game is worth every penny of what I paid for it. I wish I'd spent the 20 minutes in Fallout 4. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's that's how I feel. When reading yeah, it like fine. that, I sound like a fucking jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I think this is fine to dislike this game. I think it's, of course, like, you know, but at the end of the day, I think, like, uh, yeah, I would say worth worth a little test drive because the test drive is the whole thing. You do the test drive and then you're done. Yep. Yep. Beep, beep. Well, we know if I get fired from my job next season, it's because I didn't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be there to fucking fill that chair. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> It's time for the question block. All right. This one's from at 
the Dewey Meister. Is that who gave us the... the no the, way. The third W? Are we in sync? Has that happened before? Never. I don't think so. Wow. 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 At the Dewey Meister bookends, that, my friends, we call the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the query. Um, what if it was just the song again? Um, it, uh, <laughs> My question is, why are Heather and Matt so cool? Yeah. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, here's the question from at the Dewey Meister. They write, are you the type to save powerful items you find for later in the game when you might need them more and, sub- and subsequently end up not using them ever like me? Or are you the type to use them right away? The former. And I've been trying to shake myself out of that habit. Like for the longest time, I would just hold hoard gold in RPGs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just never spend. Even if I could get new items, I just be like, well, I gotta. Um, there's gonna be more powerful items soon, so I should hold on to this. And I reached a point where I'm like, no, I should like uh, you know what? I'm just gonna spend. I'm not gonna save anything. I'm gonna spend everything I get. And I and I just like once I got that habit, I found myself like you know enjoying gate like I, like once I started to like stop ho- stopped hoarding. Um, you know, whatever the in-game currency was, like I started enjoying games more and also just progressing more easily because that's what you're fucking supposed to do. And the same thing with the, with items. I'm just like, okay, there's no reason I'm going to need this. I'm not going to need this bomb arrow like four bosses from now. I should just use it now. It like mm-hmm. like I'm just going to use this stuff. And if I if I absolutely need it for progression, modern games will just make sure you have it when you need it. So I will like I'm just going to use shit. I, I've been trying to, to train myself to have the mentality of just using using powerful expendables as I need them instead of holding onto them for the end. I I so I haven't retrained myself for that. And I'm going to spoil one aspect of next week's game. I think Yakuza Zero next week. Yes. Yes. That that, that is emblematic of this for me, which is when I get a high powered item. I'm so certain that I don't need to use it right now that I would go put it in the item box. So like if yeah. I had like a full restore, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't need this. Oh fuck. I might need this on like a last boss or something. So I go over to a phone booth and I put it in the item box and then fill up my inventory with shit. Like, cl- like skilled <laughs> claw people. Like yeah. any. Little tissues. At any given moment, there's nothing in my inventory that I can use, and all of the good stuff is in like a phone, like it's at my at my specialty box attic. Um, but I should get in the habit of like using that stuff. It probably makes the game more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That was honestly Final Fantasy VII remake was a big one where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna use grenades. I'm just gonna like I get I have this item. I'm going to use this because normally in a final like combat items in a Final Fantasy, I just like I'd never use these. Maybe yeah. like potions and ethers, yeah. But and then Phoenix Downs, but and like like uh, offensive items, and yeah, I just started using them. And you know what? Yeah, th- things are a little easier. Uh, by the way, we should have just talked more Yakuza Zero. <laughs> <laughs> this episode <laughs> yeah do it in reverse like yeah this could have been the prequel the yeah. yakuza zero zero episode <laughs> uh matt you got how do you how do you approach expendables in games i, I i'm sort of of two minds on this because yeah there are i have found myself in situations where i've used something too early and been like ah oh, fuck I, I needed this especially if i'm playing like demon souls or something like i'll sure. use like a fool um like a full health like thing and like on it, like at a time where I didn't necessarily need to do that 
and then like get to like the next boss and just get my shit wrecked like immediately and then have to go all the way back <laughs> and it's like or like in um where I don't do that is in like in Pokemon because you get the master ball and you only you typically only get one so that I'm always saving for the very end uh, uh for whatever the big uh legendary Pokemon is but you know I might try to flex on them and catch them in in a with like a Pokeball or something. If, wow. if I can't catching Mewtwo in a Pokeball, there's nothing like it folks. Uh, but <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, I usually try to save, hold on to that master ball, but I found myself like in, um, in breath of the wild, wanting to spend my money, my rupees and spending yeah. them and then getting to the next town and being like, Oh, well, God damn it. This, uh, this armor's better. And I just spent right. all this fucking money on, on this armor. I was so mad when I had to buy the heat armor, for example, because you only use that in one area and it costs so much money. And sure. I, I was just so like, why did I even get this? I should have just got health potions instead, or, you know, um, fire resistant, you know, meats or whatever in up that stat during that instead of buying the armor and then you getting the better armor later. It was bad. I'm still mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I but like also and I get that and and uh, hang in there. It's I'm fucking mad. We lo- we love you. Fuck. God damn. It. Um, but like, <laughs> I feel like Breath of the Wild is one where I feel, where you like get to get it's like Jesus Christ, how many fucking ancient arrows do I have? I can't yes. like I've just been hoarding all this shit that I c- I could have used in some other encounters, and I'm just I I don't know. Like it, it's it's tough to be freewheeling. I'll say this though though you mentioned the Soulsborns and like yes I I I, I do like that design approach that we're seeing in games where they're like like scarcity is an actual thing. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing I really liked about last of us on, on like a harder difficulty than normal is just like, Oh, you really have to ration your ammo. You yes. really have to ration your, your, your healing items. It's just like, you're going to fucking, you can, cause you can back yourself into a corner pretty easily if you're fr- too freewheeling. So yes, I do like that as a, as the opposite of I've got fucking, you know, 99 high potions by the time I get to the final dungeon or whatever. It's, it's I'd, tough. I'd, I'd take all those high potions and I'd stick them in a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Get Played Potter. Send us an email at getplaypod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616 play That's 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And Matt, I think people will maybe already figured it out, but tell us next week's game. Next week's game, Yakuza Zero. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are tigers real? <laughs> tigers are real. So 